It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Kendall Drugs and Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona, or give them a call at 989-720-4295. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 198 of the three-point podcast. Boy, it's hard to believe. Closing in on 200. It's our final podcast of 2021. Our championship team includes Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, uh, we made it through Christmas, almost all the way through the holidays. I don't know about you guys, but... I went back to work yesterday, and it's the worst day in the world. First thing I said to Ted when I walked in here was, man, how lucky are you to be retired and not have to go into work uh, the day after Christmas? It's probably the worst work day uh, of the year, and honestly, I'm kind of just ready to get through January 1st, get through New Year's, and let's just start this new year. I'm kind of already over the whole holiday spirit. It took about one day for me to get over it, and that's where I'm at. It is kind of funny because we we were kind of saying the same thing, my wife and I, how like, We've been talking about the last few weeks, the the big buildup with my daughter, you know, Santa, and, you know, the whole holiday spirit, like you mentioned. And it seems like basically since Thanksgiving, we've been doing Christmas stuff, you know, like going to see lights and going to see Santa and doing advent calendars, you know, all that kind of stuff, listening to Christmas music and everything. And then it's like, boom, done. And, like, it was like the radio, like all the radio stations are done playing Christmas music. TV stations are done playing Christmas movies, and right, like people are back to work, and it's just like Christmas is done. Yep. Except for the few straggler Christmas trees that are still up or whatever. It is kind of funny how that works. Break it down a little bit for us, though. I mean, you're the one with the the five-year-old daughter. I mean, was it uh, <clears throat> maybe the best Christmas ever for her with Santa Claus? Oh, I mean, she, like I said, she is all in, and it was, like, we did the whole, you know, crumbled up the cookies, and, yep. you know, he wrote wrote her a note and stuff like that, and set the, so she was, yes, best Christmas ever, 
she thought Santa came in, ate her cookies. We left out carrots for the reindeer. So she was excited that she got to feed the reindeer. And she she loved her presents, obviously, and everything. So, so, yeah, all of that was just incredible. It is just funny how once it's done, it's, yeah. like, it does feel done. <laughs> it is kind of like then you start looking at the decorations and stuff, and it's like, oh, i got to put this stuff away now. But, but yeah, all, all in all, it was, it was a great Christmas for sure. Do you, do you guys get um, gifts for your spouses, uh, or is is that not cool for Christmas after after so many years? You just you lose the, well, the luster, I guess. You know we do, but it's so it's so uh, kicked back. I mean, I got I got my wife one gift, she got me one gift. You know, usually when the kids are around, we'll do stockings. You know, kind of clever little things in a stocking, but we don't go all out on gifts anymore because we both talk about it. We can buy any damn thing we want during the regular year. Didn't Why you, do we got to wait to Christmas? Honestly, did Christmas, I, you, you weren't around any kids. You right. didn't really open up any presents. Did it, was it basically just another day? You kind of had to trick yourself into remembering it's even Christmas. It's kind of, you're, you're hitting it right on the head, Jared. I mean, I did have my dad over, you know, in 91. It's every <laughs> right. moment you can spend with him, you know, at that age, it's cool. So he came over for dinner. Uh, my brother-in-law, Mark, who's special needs, He's always a treat when he's around for Christmas, I can tell you that right. much. And really, we had all our gifts, and Mark really, mentally, he's probably 10 years old. So he's never real. he's, he's always a kid. So we, we buy presents, you know, mm-hmm. that are kind of kid presents that he really enjoys. But yeah, it, it was definitely a laid back Christmas for, for us. You know, even like your parents, at least they got you and your brothers, you know, you got you got kids yeah. that you can at least celebrate Christmas with, even if they're older. It's definitely not the same when you don't have any kids around for Christmas Day. It's just another day. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, because we, we, I FaceTimed with my parents who they were, they were up north in Ludington, and, and then they ended up going to my sister's house and doing stuff like that. But right, Christmas morning, it was just them two at home. And I was thinking about that when when we were FaceTiming with them, that like, yeah, does it just seem like another day? And I know you you wake up, maybe you have a special breakfast that's a tradition or something like that, or maybe you do exchange a couple gifts. But to answer Jared's question, I mean, we still, we still, I guess, like kind of exchange gifts, like, but it does kind of usually come down to like, well, what do you want this year? Like my wife wanted some new lamps for our bedroom, so she she sent me the ones that she wanted and I got them for her. So it's just kind of like, you know, stuff like that. Or like I, I, you know, a few weeks ago I went to the Michigan basketball game when they came down to North Carolina. So those tickets, you know, were a little pricey. So I told her this can kind of be like part of my Christmas gift, you know, buying these tickets for the basketball game. You know, you you end up doing like stuff like that. Or if you got a vacation coming up, you know, you kind of work that into the Christmas planning or whatever, but the stockings, though, Jerry, Ted, you said it right. The stockings are what's fun. Right. Kind of like get a little clever with that. Yeah, I mean, dollar store is the best store to pick up little things there, you know. It doesn't cost you a lot, but they have a lot of clever little stuff. Um, I want to share with you guys just a quick little story about that got me in the doghouse with my wife a number of years ago. Her parents were still alive, uh-huh. and uh, she decided her dad wasn't in the best of health, and so she decided she should go to Florida to spend it with her parents, and she went down there with Amy. So... Uh, I just, I was up here all by myself, and I got to tell you, this is, again, kind of being a little selfish, but I had even told her when she came back, which this is the mistake that got me in the doghouse, I said, I got to tell you, it was one of the best Christmas days I ever had. I just laid on the couch, <laughs> ate food, watched movies, and uh, no stress whatsoever. I just kind of enjoyed it, but it did put me in the doghouse. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's kind of depressing when you think about it. I, what? Yeah, when you think about it, but it really wasn't. <laughs> you think about everyone else who, like you said last week, Ted, uh-huh. of Christmas that you maybe don't necessarily under under or, uh, that you don't enjoy is the stress of giving presents. Right. And you're you're home alone on Christmas. You don't have to worry about that at all. No, and you know, I, I, uh, you gotta you gotta cherish sometimes the. Uh, the, the the alone time you have if you're you know always with somebody not I'm right. not saying it against my wife but you know household a house full of people you know it's kind of nice to kind of chill once in a while yeah like I said to you I mean I I didn't even know that you were going to be in the studio tonight right uh, I got a house full of you know four little cousins and <laughs> I, I was literally going to just record the pod from my car so right. I I just happened to be parked outside the studio figured might as well be right on Main Street while I record this thing and then you send a text that you're in the studio so I walked right on up so I know exactly what you're talking about. Where after the after a couple of days, you love your family, but man, you just kind of want to be by yourself and just decompress. Right. And I don't. Just something about this year, it never really hit me that it was Christmas. Even like it was basically at Christmas morning. You know, normally I'm up at like 4 a.m. I woke up. It, it was like just so perfect for this year. I woke up with like a headache straight from hell. Like I felt like I was hungover <laughs> on Christmas morning. So I, I literally was like sitting in the shower, ice cold shower, oh. just trying to get rid of my headache. So. That just kind of encapsulated the Christmas, but I mean, it was a great Christmas, but something about it just didn't, it seemed off. It was like, it was like we're an alternate universe. Speaking of alternate universe, this is kind of along those lines. I read something the other day, talking exactly what you're talking about, Jared, how like it just feels a little different. How like, for a number of reasons, we all know, we don't have to get into all this, but how like the COVID pandemic has like changed things in a sense forever because people last year kind of got used to being alone all the time, but kind of in a bad way, you know, you didn't get to see friends and family as much as you would wanted to. But then like, in a way you almost kind of got used to that, not really seeing people. So then you slam like this Christmas when things are a little more normal and all of a sudden you're seeing family and you're in household for a full of 20 people and you're going to all these Christmas parties and you got little cousins running around all day. And it's almost like, it's almost, you're almost like overwhelmed because you kind of got used to how yep. things were during the pandemic where you were alone for a lot of the time. So it is kind of funny to think about that. I, I read that and I was like, yeah, that is kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys too, since this is our final podcast before uh, New Year's, and we're going to definitely talk about some uh, New Year's event events, including Michigan football. But what did you? what's your overall thoughts just looking back at 2021? What a weird year. It, re- it flew by. Um I will say what's weird is maybe the best summer I had was la- uh, last summer. I felt, or, or excuse me, never mind. I'm like, that. that's what I mean. I'm thinking of the 2020 summer. This year has just like gone by in a blink. It felt like um, every day was sort of Groundhog's Day. I mean, I got a new job. That's really the only thing that sort of shook it up. But right. other than that, it's just, it was a, a good year, but all in all, forgettable. And I feel like everybody's kind of in the same boat with that, unless you're you're like Matt, who's got a new kid on the way or something. It's it's it just or, was or, a, or Michigan football, right? Was a part That's of this the year. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of in the same boat where, I mean, 2020 was kind of strange, but you know, it was cool. The whole country something about was it was sort of something about it was sort of new and sort of fun about it. Like like when we first were all in quarantine, I think everybody was like, "This is awesome." But then when you do it for a whole flipping year and the mask and you realize there's no end to this thing, I think it just kind of ruined the entire year. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what made this year kind of weird because, right, it did fly by. But we're still, I mean, still like in a pandemic, but, you know, we're all kind of sick of it, obviously. And so, like, some people are still, like, doing the mask and distancing, but then everyone is just so over it. 
you know, you're going to your Christmas parties and doing all the other yep. stuff. But there's still obviously now numbers are way up, so we're kind of back to dealing with this kind of stuff. Yep. Sports are getting canceled left and right. Bowl games getting canceled. So it's like, yeah, this weird or this year, as as you know, bad as 2020 was for some people, and it was worse for you know some people who went through a lot a lot worse things than others. 2021 was just like an odd year, just odd because you're like half in the pandemic, half not. Sports are kind of back, but then now they're like starting to go away or whatever so yeah 21 was a weird year do you guys think too also that especially what's been happening lately i mean you brought it up about i mean you got nba players out left and right nfl players out left and right you got bowl games being canceled because teams are testing positive and but you look at the stands there's no limit on how many fans are in the stands i mean you got this whole pandemic still going on i mean does it does it give you like a thought and again this is not getting political whatsoever it's like whoever is in charge or on any given day do they even know what the hell's going on because there's there's no it makes if you you would be sitting here talking for 4 hours trying right. to make meaning of some of what why there are certain things are rules why other things aren't rules why Certain players are tested all the flipping time. Other players are never tested. Certain leagues have this protocol. Other leagues have this. There's no unity with any of this. And I, I think know. that's why it's, it's been such an annoying year. Is yeah. You can't go anywhere without arguing with somebody or somebody. Some people are so wrapped up in it that it's like they always come back around to COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like right. you'll be talking about this or that, and somehow, some way, they're going to find a way to ring it right back around to something going on in the COVID world. And it's yeah, just, I, mean, I, I think it is like what you said, kind of a lot of it's being made up on the fly, what it feels like, because coming into the NFL season, uh, they, they said that they weren't going to adjust anything for COVID. It was like if, if your team had an outbreak, it was just a forfeit. But now it started going crazy. So they're starting. Then they had yeah. to like make rules to start postponing games in the NBA. They started allowing teams to sign like all these 10 day contracts that they're handing out. Because there were teams like, what, the Pistons the other night, their injury report had like 12 people yeah. out because of COVID. So it was like, if you want to play, you got to let these teams like sign a few more players or something. So that's what does feel kind of weird. And, I mean, all of this is, we've heard the word a billion times now, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're they're definitely trying to figure this stuff out on the fly. But that's, that's what is a little frustrating. Well, I think like, a bit of it was precedented. And I think we're, I hate to bring you guys down even further, but uh, the Spanish flu, I think it was three years before, you know, they had finally uh, herd immunity. And here's this the is thing, year I two. It's like, it, I don't think it's going to be done in a year, in three years. It's it won't like, ever be gone, I don't that's, think. Yeah, but... When are we ever going to stop this? Like, do you think that we're still going to be doing COVID testing next season? So this is going to be a same exact problem next year with all these different sports. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I here's what's crazy to me: they're all they all are vaccinated. We all saw Michigan football went, and um, they all got their booster shot on the same day. They're doing everything, you know, the way they should, quote unquote, by the book, right? And still, their season could, it, with one uh, bad day of testing, they it could be shut down. Everything well, they've worked for, here's, it just doesn't make sense. Here's my personal opinion on that. I mean. You know, it, good for Harbaugh and getting them all vaccinated, doing what he feels is the right thing. But do you think that do you think we're getting to the point, especially heading into this next year, with so many people now vaccinated and with boosters? Do you think we're going to get to the point where, if you don't have any symptoms, why bother getting tested? Yeah. Well, I think that's part. I, I think it was in college football. I'm I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'd, I'd want to look up specifics. Right. I'm pretty sure in the NBA or the NFL, one of the leagues. Made it was um, it was in the the rules or whatever that if you were vaccinated and were showing no symptoms you weren't going to get tested. That, yeah, NFL. Pretty sure it was in college college football too. 
for these bowl games okay. where it was like, because people were asking that same question, why are we testing all these people when we're not saying COVID is the flu, but, you know, it's similar in that sense that, like, if you're not showing symptoms, why are you testing people? You know, why would you test people for the flu if they're not showing symptoms? I think they are, like, starting to move that route. Like, you know, why are we just randomly testing people because – you know, it, there's all the asymptomatic versus symptomatic and, you know, spreading it and everything like that. But it, it does seem like that you brought up the Spanish flu lasting three years. There's no way that in today's society, I mean, you know better than anyone, Ted. You've been around longer than Jared and I. Unfortunately. We are so, we, we are so much of a, we, we need things now, fast right. food society. Yep. It, like this pandemic started, we wanted it over in four weeks, you know, and that's just obviously not the case. <laughs> uh-huh. So. If you would have told people at the beginning of the pandemic, all right, everyone, kick back, three years. Right. Three, <laughs> I think people would have went even more crazy. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Isn't it? Well, I guess that's what my really my only problem with how anything has happened with COVID, how it's how it's been rolled out or anything, is it feels like they have like tricked us at every step. It's like you said, Matt. It's like oh, we're gonna be shut down for a month and then we'll be good. Like just gotta st- slow it down a little bit, then we we'll back normal. And then once you get it, I remember going in to get my vaccine thinking. Once I do this, I'm like, COVID is no longer going to be in my brain. Right. I, I'm never going to think about it. And because that was like how they portrayed it. And then I guess that, that's my only problem this entire time has just been every step of the same thing with the vaccine. Oh, now we got to get a booster shot. It's like, I don't, I think it's right. I agree with everything that they're doing, but it's just the way that they presented it has been in a way to make us feel like idiots. I, yeah. Maybe I'm crazy. Well, again, like I said, the thing, though, the thing, I bet Ted, you remember too. And Jared, I don't, I don't know if you remember as a kid. I remember as a kid going to get booster shots. I don't, I don't know. I could look mm-hmm. up my vaccine vaccine record or whatever, but like, I remember going multiple times, I feel like, to my probably my yearly physical and getting booster shots. I don't know. What would it be for? Probably measles or something? Probably measles and rubella, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I don't know if you guys were – if it was already eradicated. Smallpox. I mean, I got smallpox vaccination when I was a little kid. Uh, polio, we took a little sugar cube with the drug in it. I mean – I mean, I'm a child. I'm, not, I'm a right. child I'm of not, vaccine. You I'm know? not. I'm not saying it's. It's just. I felt like it was just. It's just been. I, I felt like I was tricked in a way. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna. You know, probably get the booster as soon as I have a day off and can go get it. Uh, I just felt like this entire thing. We've been. We've been kind of drug along this whole way, and I think that's why it's felt so annoying and so long is because we keep thinking we're at the finish line just right. to have the finish line pushed a, another. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just kind of the way it's been perceived to me well, yeah just a hundred year pandemic you know and nobody knows nobody knew what the hell i mean it's like like when i set it up i mean now they're saying well you don't have to do a 10-day quarantine you can do a five-day quarantine right. I mean, every right. day it's something different I, yeah i think that's that's part of the whole situation with all this too is there was a ton of unknown i yeah. mean with with a lot of stuff with in science you know there's a lot of testing and you test your hypothesis, and whether it's right or wrong, then you go test other things. You try, you, you're going to find out a lot of stuff was wrong, so you go back and retest, and there's a lot of stuff to figure out. And like I said, society today, we want answers now. Oh, yeah. We want to go to Google, and we want to Google one thing, get an answer, boom, there's the answer, we're done. And like as amazing as all this technology is that we have nowadays, mm-hmm. Google, the Internet, you know, everything that we have, there's almost like too much information out there because there's so much, so much misinformation. Right. Everyone's talking about go research yourself, mm-hmm. and it's like just because you watched a YouTube video doesn't mean that you know more than somebody who's been studying this for 25 years. You know, <laughs> well, so like isn't that the I truth? think that's a part of the big problem with all this too. A hundred hundred years ago, it's not that people were stupider; 
it's just that whatever they read in the newspaper, yep. that's what it was. That's you know, that's just what it was. Now you got everyone on Facebook that thinks they're smarter than you know the medical experts. So yeah, it's strange. I'll get off my soapbox though. No, that's all right. A good little discussion <laughs> there, you know. And you, you talked about a lot of sources out there for uh, social media and everything else. Well, there's a lot of podcasts too, but none like Three Point Podcast. We're gonna talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk some sports here coming up next, right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, we finally made it to uh, to the final week. Michigan in the semifinals. Let's start right there. How excited are we, and how are we on pins and needles since we just finished a discussion about COVID on keeping those Wolverines in the right. in the ballroom all to themselves? George has been, you know, riddled with COVID. A lot of their coaches have been out. Uh, the backup quarterback is out. Right. Um, I think you guys. I think you guys all have the same sort of sense. Is that man? This bowl season has sucked. It, and bowl seasons. I feel like it's been getting pro- progressively worse the last like 15 years or so. I'm not sure what the cause of it has been. Uh, the op- outs definitely don't help, but. Something about this bowl season. I I love college football. I watched it every single Saturday, and you know I'd watch action on Tuesdays. I I consume more college football than anything else uh, on TV. Period. But this entire bowl season, I haven't watched one second of a game. I, just nothing has drawn my attention. Nothing with all the opt outs and just everything else. Nothing is really drawing me to the screen. College football needs to fix this. I'm not sure how you fix it. Maybe you pay the players uh, some sort of bonus to come play in these games or something to avoid the opt outs. But it's a broken system. And in terms of getting excited for the Michigan game, I'm excited. But it's like my excitement was way up after the Big Ten championship, and it's like basically cratered to about as low as it'll be, and then the excitement will be right back up the day of the game. But I'm not excited for it right now. When the game day comes and the ball is kicked off, I will be, but it's just been such a long (laughs) marathon since our last game that you kind of lose its luster. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the problem, and we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, that this long layoff, maybe it's because as, as Michigan fans, it's our first time experiencing this with Michigan in the college football playoff, but this long layoff, like you said, Jared, your, your excitement just craters because maybe because you're busy with holidays or, you know, some of the other stuff going on too, but as you almost forget about it, like, I mean, I've been, you know, you see, you see tweets here and there, articles here and there about their practices or, you know, they're arriving in Miami, you know, so you get, you see some stuff that kind of gets you a little excited, but then, you know, two weeks ago, you're still thinking like, man, I still got two, three weeks or whatever till this game happens. And, you know, I don't know what, what the answer is because, well, I mean, Ted, you remember when it used to be all about bowl season. I mean, if you made a bowl, it was like the biggest deal in the world. There were no opt-outs. There, there, it didn't matter if you were in some, like, December 20th bowl. Like, if you made a bowl, it used to be a huge deal, and that's just not the case anymore. We, we've talked about the opt-outs before. I, I can see both sides. I'm perfectly fine with guys opting yeah. out. It's their life, their career. If you don't want to risk playing in 
essentially a meaningless bowl game. That's fine. That, you know, that's your choice. But it does kind of suck when you see a bowl game, a New Year's Six bowl game in the Peach Bowl yeah. with Michigan State and Pitt and uh, Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback, Kenny Pickett, opts out. A running back who probably should have been in New York for the Heisman, Kenny Walker, he or Kenneth Walker, he opts out. You know, two of the best players in the country are opting out of a New Year's Six bowl. If that doesn't tell you everything that's, you know, broken with the bowl system, and that, that's your answer right there. Well, I just saw it today. Wasn't there a couple star players for Ohio State opting out of the Rose Bowl, I think? Yeah, basically, like, they're six best players, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right, Matt. I am old enough. Hell, I'm, I'm so damn old that, really, the only bowl games of any significance was New Year's Day, period. That was it. Right. You know? Uh, it, it has become it, it did become oversaturated. I know, Jared, in the past you've talked about it that more football is great, right? I, I think the way I don't think that they're never going to get rid of the bowls, right? It's, no, there's so no. much money. That I, can't, I can't believe how much money these teams get paid to like win them or even play them. And as we've talked about um, before, it's all TV money and all the adver- they're all advertised and they all are you know bad boy mowers, Gasparilla Bowl. They kind of crack me up, but right. <laughs> maybe this is what I would do. Why can't we? I feel like you don't know when the hell any of the games are. It's like you, unless you're like sitting on the ESPN app all day and checking the bowl, pick them like every every or, or every like few me. hours. Cause, yeah, or you print it out like you <laughs> with the teams that you want to watch highlighted in yellow. There's no way to follow it. So can we maybe do it where it's like just like a college football season where we have you know maybe three Saturdays that are just loaded up with games. I, I would watch it if yeah. I knew if it's all in one day. You could be switching back and forth between different games. But if you think I'm gonna be stuck watching my TV for four hours to watch Western Michigan versus Nevada uh, without anything else to switch in between, you're out of your mind. It, it needs to all be yeah. at the same time, just like it is during the college football season where you can flip back and forth between different games. No, I actually, I, I think that would be, I think that would be an incredible move. If they, you know, cause we know the college football playoff is probably going to expand at some point, but we're talking about how it is right now. I think that would be one of the best moves you could do. Maybe do like, two games on a Friday night, you know, maybe like two right. games on Friday, and then just load up the three or four Saturdays or whatever that there are in December because if you are at holiday parties or you are doing something, then you can just have college football on all day, you know, in the background. You just got ESPN or whatever on all day with these bowl games because there are, like, sometimes when you see the, college, the, the bowl matchups come out, maybe you see, like, a Western Michigan versus Nevada, or, you know, you see some matchup that you're like, oh, man, that, that's kind of intriguing, actually. But then it's on like a Tuesday night, yeah, December seventeenth or something like that, and you're like, you don't even remember. By the time it comes around, you don't even remember no. because you're at work or you're doing something. You know, you're out with your family or something. So that I think moving all the games to the, just a traditional college football schedule would would be big. I also think spacing out the games, the college football playoff games. I mean, yeah, it's kind of cool to give the teams like a break, get guys healthy and stuff like that. But you lose so much momentum. I don't see why there's any reason to not give the teams a week off, let that Army-Navy game still have the complete spotlight, and give the teams kind of a bye week, and then play the semis, you know, the second week or however it works out in December. Give them another week off, you know, basically give them like Christmas off. And then then play the college football playoff final on New Year's Day, like Ted, you talked about, the, the biggest day for bowl games. I don't see why you don't do it that way. There's no reason to wait until January 8th or whatever it works out to be for the, the college football playoff or, final. Or take it one step further, which you know they're going to go to. Let's say you do the Army-Navy Saturday. They got the game to them, the day to themselves, which I, I really love. Uh, if you yeah. go the next week for the first round of the playoffs, 
you're going to you know expand the playoffs and then the top four teams get a bye so they get an extra week but you can start the playoffs that following week after army navy game what do you guys think about that you guys know where i stand on the i don't think it should be expanded i don't think it's needed i think we would end up with you know more more often than not the same exact champion every year it's probably the same exact championship game every year maybe a few more exciting moments here or there if if you expand it but (laughs) it would ruin the entire regular season the way it's currently laid out the bowl season is well. If you think about well, Michigan Ohio State game, doesn't matter. They're both in the Alabama versus Georgia. Uh, you know, yeah, but I guess int- that game didn't really matter. Well, we definitely Alabama disagree on this point. Doesn't matter. For sure. No, it matters for seeding purposes. I mean, you you you're, you've already said you, the, the bowl season has been terrible. The matchups, the way they got it set up, you don't think there'd be a little bit more excitement, even if Michigan played Ohio State Here. a second time in the second or third round of the well, playoffs. You wouldn't be all for that. No, 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 because it would ruin that game in October. Remember how awesome that game was? Yes, it ruined. It would have. It would have been nothing. So you're really you're just saying stick with four, right? Stick with four. Okay. The bowl. This is broken. We can all agree on that. But also, it's like maybe they don't need to backload it so much. Like, why are all the best teams always play like at the very end of bowl season? Maybe mix them in so that this whole first three weeks aren't just these action matchups. Give <laughs> right. us some. Give us a couple of good games like in the mix. Maybe if you don't want to do the whole all day Saturday. Have Ole Miss play, you know, their Sugar Bowl game last week, or play have it play yeah. last Saturday, like or on Christmas Day or something. Just throw in a couple of good games that will maybe give you that college football itch, and then you're going to watch more of those less good games. Right. No, I, I think that would be big too. Because let's just use the Peach Bowl again as example. You know, Pitt and Michigan State. If you had that like mid December, I wonder if some of the players would maybe think a little more about playing because. You basically only have to practice for a couple more right. weeks, and then you can move on to the NFL. If you tell some of these teams, you still have to practice for like almost like a month and a half before their, you know, their bowl game. Yeah, a lot of them are going to be like, no, nah, to be honest, I'm kind of checked out. I want to take a break from yeah. football and then you know move on to the NFL draft or whatever. So I, I think that would be that would be cool too because yeah, I mean, you want the Rose Bowl and some of those like on New Year's Day. That's you know the tra- tradition of college football. But some of these other ones, they don't need to be. The whole New Year's Six thing, I don't think that's really that big of a deal anymore. Mm, but no. I, I, I'm kind of with you, Jared. I don't think – I think eight, in, in my opinion, I think eight would be the bread and butter for the college football playoff. Because if you do too much, yeah, you would you'd still get some stupid matchups. Like number one Alabama versus some terrible number 12 team. It's just going to be a blowout anyway. Yeah. But, like, I think eight would still, like, keep the regular season being significant because – you could lose one game and you still have a legit shot, you know, to make that 18 playoff. So you're still going to be playing hard the rest of the season. Whereas some of this stuff, you know, with four teams, if you lose one game, you're done. So yeah. that would be my thing. I think eight would be perfect. You're Jared's four, you're eight, and I'm 12. I'm saying give, give four teams buys. a bye the first week. The yeah, top four, I'm, that's what they're playing for is the so, bye. Okay, we don't need to expand the playoff if, if we just fix these opt-outs, honestly. So how how do we even fix those? I don't think you can now. I really don't. Once it started, I I, I would like to research a little bit. When, what was the first opt-out? Right. Do you remember what when that was? It was it was in your time, right, Jared? I mean, it, probably 10 yeah, years I'll look, ago, I'll maybe start looking it up now. less than 15 years ago. I mean, some of the first ones I remember, I mean, like Jabril Peppers, you know, there were yeah. probably definitely some before then. but He was one of the first I remember, too. Yeah, there there were definitely probably a few before, but it does seem like around that time because you know the big story that you always hear, especially from Michigan fans, is Jake Butt, who 
Yeah. Going to be basically, he was going to be a first round draft pick probably, and went to play in uh, whatever bowl Michigan played in that year. I think it might have been the Orange Bowl. Maybe it was like an Outback Bowl or something like that. And he blew out his knee. And basically, I mean, he played in the NFL for a few years, but it essentially like derailed his career. That's always like one of the examples that people bring up. And I've heard him actually on an interview say that he has no regrets. He wanted to play in the bowl game, so he, he doesn't regret it. But, I mean, as far as, like, is there one, like, clear-cut way to fix it? I don't know, because if you expand the playoffs, there might still be some guys that opt out. I think a big thing would be pay them. Give them an incentive. They're, you're doing this name-image likeness. If they're playing in the Red Box Bowl, have Red Box pony up. If, if right. it's Michigan State, say, hey, if you play in this bowl, we're going to give you $250,000. And even if you are Kenneth Walker, who's probably going to be, you know, a first or second round NFL draft pick, that's some pretty big incentives, you know. Is that enough, I, I though? Think that, would, that would definitely be a way to do it. I was going to say, is that enough? Because don't some of these big time players that are looking at, you know, first or second round draft choices, don't they usually get some sort of insurance policy to that's you know worth at least a couple million? Yeah, you can. Well, I guess the only thing is. If you're a college kid and you're someone said to you, "Hey, I'm going to pay you even if it's a hundred thousand to come play in this game." Yeah. I, one, I don't understand why these advertisements aren't doing it. They're paying so much money to mm-hmm. <laughs> to have their name on this bowl, and no one's even going to watch the Peach Bowl. I mean, they can't even sell at the arena. Literally, tickets are going for like ten dollars. Yeah. yeah, so amazing. Maybe it would have been worth it to give Kenneth, you know, Kenny, and maybe that's a slippery slope. Uh, if you start paying these star players, maybe some of the other guys start saying, "Hey, we want some money too." But overall, I don't think it's a huge problem. As long as players are not opting out of the college football playoff, uh, I don't think they're ever going to address it. I think once that happens, then they're going to decide, hey, we need to make some changes to this. But until then, they're still making so much money, and they don't really care whether or not these are good products on the field or not. Well, I definitely agree, though, that uh, the whole bowl setup has got to change somehow. I don't know what the answer is. Did it really is. used to be that awesome when you were a kid, or is that just like everything else, you act like it was so super cool? No, I mean, think think about yourself when you're like, 11 to 12 years old i mean every new year's day and, and you know it was either going to be michigan or ohio state most of the time in the right. rose bowl and and on new year's day you, you didn't have like uh, the citrus bowl and some of these others you had the orange bowl the rose bowl and uh what was the other bowl there was three bowls sugar bowl cotton sugar bowl. bowl sugar bowl and the cotton bowl was was in the mix too but yeah three or four games and that was it and you were pumped up man it was all about new year's day i think too i mean I'm, i i can't I can speak from like my experience as a kid, kind of what you're talking about is back then before we get to see every game, whether it's on an app, whether it's on YouTube afterwards, whether it's, you know, the day of on all the channels that you can watch the games, you see, you can see Washington, you can see Oregon, you can see USC on a daily basis. It used to be, I mean, unless you like really knew how to tune in, right? if you got to see that Rose Bowl, that was Michigan versus Washington, Michigan versus USC, that was like super cool. Oh yeah, because you—it was cool to think about. Oh sweet, we're playing USC. We're, we we—I haven't watched USC in two years or whatever. So I think it, that was part of it too. Seeing some of those matchups was intriguing. Now, like if, if Michigan plays Washington in a bowl, it's like okay, cool. That's just another game. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was some good things about the old days, as I would say, but there's there's a lot of cool things about the access now we do have, uh, you know, to so many games. I, I don't know if there's a middle ground that would make it better, but I do know that the whole bowl situation is screwed up and accentuated because of the whole COVID thing and the opt-outs. Yeah. You know. Expand, expand. 
expand the playoff, Jared. You got to expand. Just embrace it. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I got I got a general question for you guys. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna laugh. This is a boomer question, I'm sure. The other day. Uh, Christmas Day, they had the the John Madden special, right? I don't know if either one of you guys saw the documentary. I forgot to record it, and I'm, I've been trying to look. Where can I get it? I mean, where where can I find it? It was on Fox. I saw that in your email, and I, I meant to look it up. I I did see the promo for it. I don't know where it's available, though. I would assume somewhere on demand. Whether it's yeah, it wasn't on Fox. I looked at, I looked on demand, so it wasn't on the Fox <laughs> network. It must not be there yet. I mean, okay. that's, uh, does Fox not have like a streaming app or something like that? Probably, that, it probably. That's does. probably where you're gonna have to watch it. I mean, yeah. was John? I've actually people have been. I think it must be because this documentary is coming out, where a lot of like the podcasts and interviews I listen to, people have been coming out and talk about John Madden. Was he as one as in terms of? Uh, as a broadcaster, I never I never listened to a game that he called, but for some reason it seems like whenever you t- start talking about the best collar guys, what, regardless of sport, John Madden's always like the first guy thrown out. Is that just because that was like kind of the golden age of the NFL in a sense where that one primetime game, everyone was watching it, and basically whoever you threw on the TV was going to be awesome, or was he really that good? It was a little bit of that, but it was, in my opinion, he was the very first really colorful you know, right. analyst. I mean, he came out of left field from his coaching experience, his delivery. He was teamed up with Pat Summerall for a long time. It was just a great, great pairing. And, you know, um, even my wife, she's, she wants to see this documentary really bad because she was a huge John Madden fan as well. Yeah, I mean, I, by the time I really started paying attention, like watching the game, listening to the, yeah. you know, announcers, I feel like John Madden was maybe past his prime a little bit. So, I mean, he was still really good. Yeah, him and Pat Summerall, everyone knew who they were. It was like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. But right. um, the, the, I just remember Joe or John Madden as, like, all the jokes people make about, like, how he would just constantly, like, point out the obvious. He would always <laughs> just make, like, obvious observations. So maybe maybe I'm just thinking of, like, Frank Caliendo too much, doing impressions of John Madden. Yeah, and he was he was the first of a kind, like I mentioned, and I don't know, you guys are too young to remember the Miller Lite commercials. He was like a, he was like a comedian. I mean, he was funny as hell. And uh, those Miller Lite commercials back in the '70s were just phenomenal. All kinds of different athletes and and uh, broadcasters, and it, it was a, it was a tremendous advertising campaign. Uh, here's a qu- another question, fellas. You guys are both NBA guys. Christmas Day is like opening day for the NBA really when you look at the season but I, I you know whenever it's the calendar year calendar year like it is this year with two NFL games I hardly watched any of the NBA I was I was watching both NFL games it's crazy how popular the NFL really is it's like it could be the, the teams could be wiped out by COVID could have backup quarterbacks in still you just have to watch it something about football mm-hmm. is just incredible it's it's funny that people like if you remember five six seven eight years ago people were talking about how like it's only a matter of time for football is dead because of the cte and covid or not covid excuse me the cte stuff and that, i guess that still could happen but they just get bigger and bigger and bigger uh every single year and i agree i was the same way i was watching more football than basketball i think it's partially due to the fact that it felt like every team had all their star players were were out yeah. uh, with covid and and all that sort of stuff I also do think that the fact that the Lakers have been struggling and they haven't been that big of a story this year other than, like, for their downsides, I think that that affects. I mean, when LeBron is at the peak of his game and they're rolling, I feel like there's nothing that you can watch uh, rather than a LeBron James team. 
Uh, but then again, it's like when they're not very good, they're losing every game, and the entire league is wiped out by COVID. Who wants to watch that? It's not like the NFL where the, the sport itself is like you can't take your eyes off of it. Basketball is not that way. It's kind of about who's playing and who's on the court. No, I, I think you laid it out perfectly. I almost don't have anything to add except, yeah, I think football is definitely like there's so many more just general, like generic football fans who might not know any of the players, might not know anything about the standings, playoff races, but you can just like put a football game on and, and they'll sit and watch it. Yeah. I feel like the NBA, you almost have to be like a legit fan of either basketball or the NBA. Not many people, I mean, there's five games now on Christmas Day. Not many people would sit and watch all of those NBA games. But you think about Thanksgiving, except for like doing stuff with your family, people will sit and watch all of those NFL games on Thanksgiving, even yeah. if they don't care about the Cowboys or the Lions or, you know, whoever else is playing. So I think, I think that's a big difference, too. But yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, they, you know, the two matchups they had on Christmas Day were pretty good, pretty good matchups, too. The Browns and the Packers and. The Colts. Why doesn't the NFL just just go after Christmas Day? I yeah. mean, they I mean they kind of are. I feel like it's only been recently they've done these two couple games on Christmas. If I'm the NFL man, you can take it. It's it's yours if you really want it. So because it is football season, it is. You know, the big thing is whatever day Christmas falls on. That's right. If True. Christmas falls on a Tuesday. They're not going to schedule two or three NFL games on a Tuesday. NBA, they can you know mess right. their schedule up or whatever like that. Right. All right, before we move away from our football segment here, fellas, I mean, let's let's break it down just briefly here. You know, we've got the semifinals coming up uh, New Year's Eve. You know, Cincinnati, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on Alabama, Cincinnati, but I would assume that we all think Alabama will cruise by relatively easy, or you think Cincinnati can give them a game? I'll be honest. If I wasn't a Michigan fan, I think that, that Alabama-Cincinnati game would be the one that I would be most likely like wanting to watch. Just It's going to be great no matter what happens. If Cincinnati gets blown out, it's hilarious. <laughs> if Cincinnati plays them tough, it's a hell of a story. Yeah. If Cincinnati somehow wins, it's maybe the greatest sports story that there's ever been. So there's so much intrigue with that game. Good one point. thing that cracks me up in that matchup is man, Nick Saban must be like a hypnotist or some sort of wizard. Their star defensive lineman who, uh, or a linebacker, excuse me, who should have been uh, – at the Heisman ceremony was basically saying how they're as a 15 point underdog. He says like, yeah, we're the underdog in this game where uh, we've been underdog all year. Like how in God's green earth, if you're at Alabama, <laughs> do they still get tricked into like thinking this way that no one expects you to win this game? I don't even know what he meant by that comment because it's Bizarre. so absurd. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. But Nick Saban is just a wizard with words apparently in that locker room. They're almost underdogs in the sense that everyone expects them to win the championship every year. It's like it's like the uh, what's the Seinfeld episode the um, the alternate universe or whatever the oh I know what you're talking about I've never seen Seinfeld I wish I could help but yeah, I can it, Google it's like the Bizarro it's like Bizarre World Bizarro yeah. underdogs they're not really underdogs but they're like you know because people expect them to win a championship every year they're underdogs in that sense or something but yeah it is kind of crazy I, yeah Jared you said it. I mean the intrigue in the Cincy game is just like if they can hang with Alabama or if they lose by 50 you know that, that's right. kind of what you're watching I honestly think obviously as a Michigan fan I'm, I'm gonna all eyes are gonna be on that game I think that Michigan and Georgia match up pretty well like they have strengths and weaknesses in different areas that can you know Georgia's defensive line is one of the best in the country so obviously that's going to be big to see how Michigan can run the ball uh can Cade McNamara actually like win a game through the through the year I think he's, he's proved the doubters wrong he, he can pass that's not a storyline anymore so like Will he, like, have a huge game through the air? Um, Georgia obviously has a ton of talent at the skill positions on offense, 
but their quarterback Stetson Bennett, yeah. he's not he's not anything better than Cade McNamara is. So you know, like can can Michigan's defense kind of tee off on that? I, one thing I think is Georgia's offense in no way is better than Ohio State's offense, and Michigan's defense did pretty well against Ohio State's offense. So you know, you can look at it that way. It's a completely different game, so it, it doesn't necessarily play out like that, but. You know, the biggest thing is I just, like we've said, every year or every game this year, if Michigan just plays their game and doesn't turn the ball over, Kate doesn't throw a couple picks or they don't have a bunch of stupid fumbles, I think if Michigan just plays their game and, you know, executes, I, I think they can win. I think they it's an evenly matched game, but Michigan, you know, I think the way they've been playing, they can they play their game, they, they can pull this one off. The all-important question, Jared, you used to be our resident bookmaker till you started losing, but uh, what's the what's the line? Seth, I was actually just going to say I don't understand. I, I didn't understand this line when it came out. I still don't. So much so I put fifty dollars on Michigan seven and a half a point underdog. You tell me where Michigan's you see a seven and a half point yeah. underdog. Holy you tell me, or maybe it's it's it probably has dropped down to seven or six and a half. But I know that's what it opened at. Wow. Um, you tell me where you see the huge advantage that Georgia has. I, Georgia's been damn good all year, but, I mean, Bama w- looked human all year, and they absolutely embarrassed Georgia. Michigan's rolling. We have the best defensive line in the country, and that's arguably the most important position group that there is other than quarterback uh, in all football. So I, I'm going to trust this defense. I really think Hutchinson and Ojabo are coming for blood, where a lot of other players may be limped to the finish. Like we saw a lot of players are even opting out. I think Michigan is full force ahead, and – I can't wait to watch this game. It's going to be I just, awesome. I really do think that Michigan, it should be a toss-up. I don't see him as a seven and a half point underdog. Now, it wouldn't. I guess I could see it where all of a sudden the game starts. Magnamara looks overwhelmed, and a couple picks later, and we're way out of the game. But as long as Magnamara, you know, just controls the game as a game manager, I don't know how we get blown out in this game. Yeah, and you you bring up the point. I mean, it could it could turn that way where he he has a bad game and it steamrolls, but we haven't seen it all season long. You know, no. so why would it start now unless this layoff affects them right. adversely? No, I I just I'm so ready for this game. I I really do think that it's. I think if we if you're a Michigan fan and you're not expecting to win this game, like if you're going in and you're just thinking, oh hey, play them tough and it was a fun year. No way. You got to go in expecting to win this game. I just something about it, something in the air. We've all been there when there's a bad feeling in the air for a lot of those Ohio State games, but now the fact that we've gone through Ohio State, I, I'm just ready to roll. I'm and, confident in this and group. open up the playbook yeah. again. To, to your point, too, I've seen some Michigan fans saying, like, kind of like what our, our resident Sparty fan, Joe Jenkins, said, if if uh, Michigan State beat Michigan, everything else this season was just kind of gravy. I've seen some Michigan fans saying that, that, like, they're just playing with house money. I mean, they won the Big Ten, they beat Ohio State. If they get whooped up on Georgia, oh, well, this was still a great season. And I'm just like, are you crazy? Basically what you're saying. Like, you, you have no idea when the next time you'll actually be in the college football playoff. No. You should not just expect, like, now that you made it one time, you're just going to start making it every year. No, you're there now. You better, you know, like, maximize on this opportunity because you don't know when the next time you're going to be there is. 100%. No, I don't, I'm not going in thinking, like, eh, if they win or lose, who cares? No, you can go in there to win the game. And that, that's loser mentality right there. And I'll say, if we yeah. get blown out in this game, if we lose a tough one, that's different. If we lose by two, three scores – Everything that happened this season is basically undone in my book. Like if we get embarrassed in this game on the national stage when we finally make it to the college football playoff, Don't you can't that. tell me Don't that you can't that. tell me that basically this entire season is whatever we quote unquote accomplished is. It just looks like it just makes it basically looks like the Big Ten was a bad. Conference. It's, it's going to be a it's going to be a rough week. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen, fellas. That's for sure. Hey, before we move on and have a little tedertainment. 
Lions, hey, played an interesting game against the Falcons, but uh, keeping their uh, number one draft choice possibility alive. I don't know right. if the Jaguars are going to beat anybody, but uh, Lions played an entertaining game, and I don't know. I'm coming around definitely a little bit on on Coach Campbell there. I mean, they seem to want to play for him. They And, Matt, you tweeted a few things. They've got a few uh, – few diamonds in the rough I think they were able to find this year, and if they can just st- stock up on the draft and keep moving forward and make some progress, I mean, th- there may be a future down the road in the next couple of years. Yeah, that, that was the first thing I was going to ask you. Like, Because, what, six weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago, you were done. Fire Dan Campbell. But, you know, they've well, while they're still not playing very well, you know, they have definitely turned it around a little bit, especially given the roster. So I – I was always on board with you got to give the guy two or three years because mm-hmm. you brought him in with this terrible roster. You can't expect a, a playoff run out of, out of this team. But they, they're still playing hard. We said it every week. They're playing hard. Yep. Like I said, there's guys that are like kind of showing up that you're like, hey, they're showing something. I really think the offensive line, once they all get healthy, could be strong. Reynolds, the kid that you talked about, Ted, yeah. coming off the streets basically to play running back, he looks solid. St. Brown as a number two slot receiver type guy. He's a keeper. Looks like he could play. So they, I feel they just need like the the star players at each position. You know, they yeah. need that like a star cornerback. They need a number one wide receiver. And obviously, the quarterback position needs to be fixed. So I mean, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to fix. But you know, they're showing something. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they finish with the what? What they got two wins on the season? Two, two? twelve and one. Okay. So next year improve to maybe five or six wins and then the following year you know make a playoff run try to get in the playoffs i mean that's what it's going to take campbell isn't it? has bought some time in my eyes I, I i honestly like five six weeks ago i wasn't sure if he was going to make I it through the year there. yeah <laughs> a couple more bad stories a couple more timeout blunders <laughs> and he might have been fired uh so i'm glad that he's getting another year we are all rooting for this guy we all think you know maybe some way down the road if he gets the right people in as assistants which yeah. apparently he didn't uh at the offensive coordinator he felt he needed to take that over after like what six Half seven weeks yeah. <laughs> uh so he needs to get a good offensive coordinator in the building so that he can just focus on being a head coach it's funny that he's a first-time coordinator this year while also being a first-time head coach you can see why that's maybe a problem but no i like the guy he bought himself another year they the team seems to be having fun despite losing every game which is pretty impressive yeah he hasn't <laughs> lost them that's yes, the thing that we talked about that you know will they will he lose the player there hasn't been any yeah there hasn't been any negative stories about the players saying anything about Campbell at all which is is a good sign but again right. just it, is he always going to be out coached with the X's and O's that's the only thing I worry about yeah. I don't think that's something you can learn in an offseason that's something you either got or you don't or you got and, good assistance that can help you. and it doesn't seem like he does right not right now right because we, we saw what, what happened with the Washington football team on their sideline their players were fighting each other it's what we know. You don't hear anything like that coming out of the Lions locker room. No. So it does seem like he could keep the guys together. But right now, Jared, you're you're spot on. They they need an offensive coordinator. I, I think I think we can all agree on that. Yep, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to a little entertainment tonight. We all have some uh, things we've been watching other than sports. We'll get to that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. 
looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. This past... um uh, weekend actually it was a couple days after the new don't worry if you haven't seen the movie yet I'm not gonna throw any spoilers out there uh, the new Spider-Man Spider-Man No Way Home the final uh, movie in the trilogy with Tom Holland as Spider-Man growing up as a kid I loved Spider-Man I watched those uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies probably a solid like 30 times a piece I was there opening day for Spider-Man 3 with Venom and Sandman all, and for that absolute atrocious movie uh, <laughs> I was there opening day I was like the only person in the theater I think uh, with my buddy Cooper but no it's uh, going back to a theater I don't know where you guys stand on theaters uh, they took a big hit with COVID uh, this movie was actually the um, third highest grossing or fourth highest grossing uh you know, movie that's came out in a long time or ever. And then it's the highest uh, behind Endgame and Infinity War for Marvel. But uh, the way I look at theaters is, and I always thought this before COVID, I was wondering to myself, why heading into the theater? Like, I haven't been to a movie in four years. Why is that the case? Oh, I get there. Of course, it's pretty much empty theater. Somehow this other couple decides to literally come and sit right in front of my seat so I can't put my feet on the the rest. Uh, I get a a frozen Coke, Take go like uh, first time I've had a frozen Coke in years, go to take a big swig of it. It's literally liquid uh, when I just got it. Yeah, when I just got it out of the machine. And I love the idea of actually sitting and watching in a theater. But when you get all these people around you and you have to go past, you know, three or four people to go to the bathroom, inch around them, they're cursing under their breath as you do it. <laughs> it's just something about going to the theater. I just don't know if I'm ever going to go back. I do like that they all have the reclining seats now. That's a big plus. But I don't know. I, I'm just out on the movie going experience. But it was an absolutely incredible movie. Uh, if you're into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, I will say if you wanted to watch the movie. You're going to have to watch basically both the Spider-Mans before it as well as maybe five other movies to get it. It's kind of cool how Marvel does it where it's basically like one long TV series. It really is just with movies as, as the episodes. Uh, but, no, it was awesome. It had a lot of great nostalgic moments. Uh, without giving away too much, you might see some past Spider-Mans in this movie. Uh, a lot of good heartfelt moments with that. But, no, it was a great flick. I love Spider-Man. And I'm just curious to see where they go from here because he really is, in my opinion, the best superhero. Did you uh, see it opening inter- night? Uh, no, a couple days after. Okay, so it was a kind of an empty theater, or was it, it was pretty full? Maybe half full. Uh, you still got a lot of the people clapping okay. and that sort of stuff. That's something you get every time you go to a Marvel movie. It feels like is people just end. people go crazy for it, mm-hmm. and yeah, they don't leave until the very last credit rolls because right. the thirty second cutscene that they have to watch at the very end. But no, it was cool. I just you guys have you guys been to a movie and really since COVID started? I have not. Believe it or not, we we've gone to two since. I guess the movie theaters opened back up. We went and saw the new Paw Patrol movie, and then we went. Uh, we actually went the like the twenty third. We went the day that Sing Two came out, yep, and saw that at the theater. And wow, you you were blowing me away. But actually, I probably shouldn't be blown away because it it doesn't shock me that you have that take about movie theaters because I am just well. Well, first of all, the Marvel stuff. I just never got into comic books or the the superhero movies. 
So, like, whenever people start talking about this stuff, I've seen a few here and there, but they, they just never were my thing. You know, I, I get that the Marvel movies are awesome, Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff are, are cool. Just never really my thing. I do like the Batman movies, but I feel like yep. that's completely different. Um, yep, so, like, whenever universe. people start talking about them, I just kind of, I'm like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. But as far as, like, man, you being out on the movie, going movie theater, going experience, I couldn't be farther away from your take on that. I absolutely love going to the theater. Even if you get terrible frozen Coke, yeah. even if you get the bottom of the, the barrel of the, the popcorn, even if someone's going, are they, you know, are they going ass or face, you know, when they're going by you, when they got to go to the bathroom, like all that stuff, I feel like is part of it. And I think it's so cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's also nice to have a 60 inch flat screen and, yep. you know, surround sound on your couch and, watching you know streaming it and everything like that that's also really cool but no i i love going to the movies i just think it's the whole experience being out there you know with other people clapping cheering crying you know whatever's happening i think it's awesome so wow i i, I can't believe well, you're it, out on the movie going experience i, I think oh. we get to the root of it and i forgot this basically buried the lead so i went to the theater i got a small popcorn two drinks two tickets 45 dollars. <laughs> i mean what in the it hell is. It's like, I can't imagine how much you spent. You probably got the Paw Patrol souvenir cup and uh, the whole family bonus. You probably spent 100 bucks that day. I went for a movie I can rent for $3. Oh, it, that, that is one thing. It adds up quick, especially you know if, if you end up having a bigger family. You know, you're buying four or five tickets or whatever, right? you got to get the souvenir stuff if you're going to see Paw Patrol. So it, it does add up. I mean, it's not just like you're going to catch a movie, probably like back in Ted's day when, when you're dating and you know run, running game back in the good old days going to those drive-ins over in, in Davison or whatever, when it was like five bucks to go see some yeah. movies. No, you, you got to almost like, you got to plan to go <laughs> see the movies now, budget to go do it. That I can see that. That is definitely something that's like, when that when that tally starts going up, you're like, my God, how expensive is it? Here, here's the generational thing, too, and I will be going back to the movies someday. I do. I mean, there is something about seeing it on the gigantic screen and the sound, yeah. you know, the speakers they have there, the sound is incredible. But uh, this definitely is the generational look at it for me. I mean, you know, you always hear about the gray hairs, you know, going to the early bird dinner specials, you know, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you know, and you're talking about, you know, the big crowd and the, the standing ovation at the end. Well, when I want to go see a new release movie, we usually pretty much intentionally go to an early matinee with not many people right. in the theater. There's nobody climbing over you. You still get the same experience as far as seeing the film, but that's just my – that's how I operate nowadays. That's fair. I, honestly, the only the only movies that get me to go to the movie theater are the ones that I want to watch in a big gr group of people. I got you. Uh, so, and that's basically only Marvel. Certain Marvel movies, you know, Endgame, uh, this, this third Spider-Man trilogy, which was kind of the same sort of like ensemble type movie as those uh, Avengers movies were. Um, but how about this for a retirement activity? Why don't you get all caught up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which I think is about oh, 35 geez. movies at this point? Uh, and then go and get in the whole loop of this thing and go see the Spider-Man movie in a couple weeks. I actually had considered that, Matt. I was just gonna. I was just going to say quick, that would take a long-ass time. Wouldn't oh, it? Yeah. There's like, now there's like 40 movies or something, isn't there? Yeah, like I seriously, I think it's like thirty-five plus all these spin-off TV shows, and you got a lot of work to do, but you got a lot of time to do it. Well, yeah, but you'll be you look at it that way. Let's let's say there's forty of them, right? One Four, of them. Yeah, that's that's a month over a month if you watch one movie a day. Yeah, so you could spread it off, spread it over six months and and do it pretty easily, I think. And I was thinking about it, and I I might have brought it up here before. 
I know it's on uh, it's on Disney, right? Disney yep, Plus, all pretty the much Marvel. all of them. Yeah. Um, and there's different ways to watch it, right? I I, I want to watch it chronologically from when it took place. Like uh, Captain America was the first one, right, right in the 40s or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And and there is a way. That yeah, they you could look it up on out. you could look it up on Google right now. There's somebody probably already tweeted out a spreadsheet about it. <laughs> is like, that what you would recommend? That's what I I would it? recommend. I would I would recommend that to you. But then I would also have you send me that list, and I would scratch off probably okay. five, six, movies. seven, eight of the bad ones that aren't even worth your time. Watch a read the ten the two minute Wikipedia article, and you're good on it. Okay, and I'm kind of like Matt too. I'm a I'm a humongous Batman fan when it comes to superheroes. I mean, I go back to the 1960s TV show Batman and Robin, which was campy as can be. But you know, when uh, Michael Keaton started out with uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, I mean, I yeah, I've enjoyed all the Batman movies. Some are better than others, but right. I thought they were all pretty well no, done. I said the say I said this when I saw the movie uh, Batman and the the Batman universe and the and the spider-man universe in terms of like the villains mm-hmm. uh you know the characters that are like alfred or whatever right. like the ancillary right. characters the town i mean the best real life town you can or city you can go to is new york gotham the best city. fake city you can go to is gotham so they both have those beat mm-hmm. uh and the and just everything that comes with the character their whole backstory their storyline their origin story uh is just awesome so that's the way i look at it is you need to get on this retirement kick. The new work schedule <laughs> okay. needs to be, you know, from 12 to 3 instead of Game of Thrones or nap time. It needs to be let's watch a Marvel movie. Ooh, might have to watch it earlier in the morning because <laughs> i got to have my nap time. Yeah. <laughs> now, Matt, I know you tweeted out. This is uh, it's, uh, it's in the television world. Uh, you're getting into now Yellowstone. What are you thinking? Yep, I, I am finally getting to it. I know, man, it's probably been a, a, more than a year ago you've been talking about it. And I've, I've, it's always been on the list. Big Kevin Costner fan. The West, This isn't really a Western, but, you know, it kind of has that feel that that genre is one of my favorites for movies. Mm-hmm. So I was always going to get to it. So we, we did finally get to it. We're about done with season two. And you were dead on. All the, the reviews, spot on. This is just, like, it grips you. Like, it's one of those that... You can't just watch like one episode. You've got to like you almost have to want to binge it like through a whole weekend, right? Because it it just pulls you in every episode. And like like you guys just said about the the secondary characters and stuff. Yeah, Kevin Costner, you know, steals the show. But man, all the other characters, Rip and Beth, and you know, some of the other characters are just as good. Jimmy is one of my favorite characters. Oh he's yeah, just awesome. Yep. It's, I don't know, he's funny, but he's you also like pull for him because you know, like all the other the stuff that's going on with him or whatever. But no, I would. Anyone who had not started Yellowstone, it's in season four right now, so you can do some catching up. Yep. I would definitely recommend it. I mean, maybe there's there's some violence, you know, some other stuff that maybe some people aren't into, but the, just the story and everything. And it, it's really interesting too to think about. Like, and I, I've looked up some stuff. Some people, it that is people live like that. People still like it's not like it's 1920s or the 1880s or something. That is still a very big like way of life up in Montana and in the Dakotas and stuff. So it's really interesting. Yeah, and I also recommend uh, kind of the prequel, 1883, with uh, Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. Uh, I've got just one complaint, though, with Paramount. I don't know if you guys have run into this. Paramount will run a mo- run a show like 1883 or one I was getting into, uh, the mayor of Kingston, with uh, uh, Jeremy Renner. Right. They would run it on the Paramount Network, you know, on on my cable, yep. and they'd run the first episode or two, and then they'd move it to the streaming service that you have to pay for. Yeah. That's a bit the annoying. The streaming services, I'm not going to lie, we need to figure out a way. They all need to either pay each other or make some sort of agreement 
where I can, like, let's say I'm watching, uh, you know, I know that there's coming out with uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime next year. It's only going to be on Amazon Prime oh, exclusively. Okay. So if I'm thinking about that, I'm watching this game. I'm not going to be able to switch back and forth between anything else. I'm literally just stuck there watching this game. So is there right. a way that we could make it so these streaming apps, you can switch back and forth between, you know, Amazon Prime, Netflix. It'd be nice. That's the next level of this thing. You got a lot of extra time in retirement. Is there, can, you, can you workshop this and <laughs> maybe start selling it to somebody? Because it is an annoying thing to me, too. And I'm, I'm just annoyed that, you know, if I wanted to continue watching a couple of these shows that they tease you with. On, right. Because I'm paying enough money for my cable TV. <laughs> to, now to add four ninety five yeah. a month for one channel for streaming yeah. service? Come on. Uh, I'm gonna I'm at least smarter than that, and I know how to get somebody's password, but... <laughs> Give me a break, but but 1883, Matt. If you get a chance, is really good too. Along the same line, yeah, I've seen the promos while watching Yellowstone. I definitely want to watch that one too, especially with Sam Elliott. He's just so good. Yeah. Now I got one new release. I'll finish off my part here with that. I I did watch. Uh, you guys know again. I'm in the generation of the uh, born in the '50s, right? So the the big uh, big TV sitcom was I Love Lucy, and they just had a release with Being the Ricardos, starring Nicole Kidman as Lucy. You know, and I've read some mixed reviews on it, but we watched it Christmas Eve night. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really, really well done, and I thought Nicole Kidman nailed Lucy. I don't know if you guys have any interest whatsoever. What even? I don't even know what the, what is this. It's about the making of the show or something. It's a, it's, or it's, what's it, the... it took place in one week of of behind the scenes of one episode of filming I Love Lucy and and the whole Lucy and uh, Desi Arnaz story. And I mean, I know it all. My mom was a humongous <laughs> fan, uh, but uh, they were they were like mega stars at the beginning of television. Right. You know, Lucy was a genius. Desi was a genius. They had a turbulent marriage. They went into a lot of that stuff, but but Aaron Sorkin had some writing credit on, and he was also the director, and he's he's fantastic. So it was just basically a week in what went on behind the scenes for I Love Lucy, and it was really, really well done. I think even without you guys knowing in depth about them, I think you would enjoy it. I'd, I'd recommend it to both of you. That would just be interesting as like a, a time capsule. For yeah. You know, like what it was like back then. Yep. And that's one of those. That's one of those flicks too that opened in the theaters, but then uh, went to uh, Amazon Prime. So had a chance to watch it at home. It was it was solid. <laughs> I love it. Christmas, little Christmas Eve. Um, did you have to rent it with money or? Oh no, it's part of Prime package. So you, I don't understand your. The one thing that confuses me about you. Yeah. You won't spend a few extra dollars if you really like this show to subscribe to their, uh, you know, streaming service. But you'll you'll spend you know three hundred bucks a month on everything else. What's a few more dollars if you really like this show? Well, I just don't like being tricked into it. I don't like being given a little bait and then say, "Well, now you gotta you gotta get our streaming service here." Right. That's all. I just don't like that. It's not necessarily the five bucks extra a month, but it does add up. Because know? the way I mean, the way I don't know if Matt's familiar with with doing this. This is what I do with that sort of thing. Ted Lasso, Apple TV. Season two comes out. Yep. I get it for one month. Uh, boy, whatever it was, five bucks. Binge the show in one month. Cancel it. Oh, you can't do that on Apple TV. You got to wait till it, it does the whole run, and then what? you subscribe. Apple Apple well, TV. Well, yeah, right. I mean, when season episode, three when season three comes out, I'll it, do the same thing. You when know, it's over, you got to do it when it's and, over, though. Well, yes, yes. Okay. okay, so you're not seeing it fresh and early like you like to do. No, no. Did I clarify that, Matt? Yeah, I, I was going to say that is a good way to do it. You know, if you don't want to pay, I mean, I kind of got roped into the Peacock or, or whatever, the Paramount app, because the, the Olympics were on there. Mm-hmm. So, 
I did the the free trial so I could watch them in the Olympics, and then just kind of forgot to cancel. And next thing I know, I was paying a couple. Of my, I, that that's on me though for not for not right. canceling. But and then now Yellowstone's on there, so I've been watching Yellowstone on there. But but no, I, I get you because yeah, the, the the live shows I get my TV through Hulu, and that's airing on Hulu. You know, obviously on Paramount. It, it, I don't know. It is actually more confusing. <laughs> Start adding up all these like streaming services and stuff. It is. Well, yeah, and it's not like like Jared said. You can't just click back and forth between different different programs, right? You got to. Right, you have to like close one app out, reopen yep. the other one, or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's almost it's like first world problems. It's it's really not that big of a deal, but it kind of is. <laughs> it is for this old dog. I'll tell you that much. I'll pay for the cable. <laughs> it's the, the convenience. <laughs> All right. Anything else, boys? Before we wrap this one up, our our New Year's edition. We got everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, no, I'll just. Uh, do you guys have any resolutions this year? Oh, I definitely got one. I use it about every year, but I got to lose some weight. Definitely. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Every year, <laughs> run it back every year. Mm-hmm. Undefeated. Don't you always say January is the time you got to do it? Yep. <laughs> you got to do it. It's the best time to do it. I will say I've, I've kind of fallen off a little bit. I'm, I'm using I, – I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm using my wife's pregnancy as an excuse. <laughs> I've uh, kind of fallen off a little bit too. So, so yeah, when this kid is born, I got to whip myself back into shape too. <laughs> that does not sound like a – as soon as the kid – it seems like you should be whipping yourself into shape before the kid arrives, <laughs> and then you fall off, so, and then yeah. – yeah, but uh, hey, best of luck to you. It sounds like it's gonna be a lot in uh, coming in a couple weeks. Where you one, you got to get yourself back into shape while also taking care of a newborn. Right, uh, and you don't have to share with us, Matt. But do you guys have a name picked out? Yep. Yeah, his name's Wesley. He's uh, he's gonna be. We're we're going in on Thursday. We're recording on Monday night. We're yep. going in on Thursday, so he should be here later this week. Yep, Wesley Burns. Yep. Wesley, I like. I like it. the name. Yep. yep. WB. Very it's like so- Warner Brothers. Very very logo. solid. That's right. Yeah, we like. <laughs> We like to, we you know you look at all some of these names and it's fine name name your kid whatever you want to name your kid I'm not trying to make a take like this but man some of the names that people are throwing around nowadays I'm like what the hell how'd you come up with that <laughs> you know whatever name name your kid whatever you want I, maybe I shouldn't have said that is that just a name you like or is there any relatives that was he's named after no we we like that name uh, we we both just kind of decided on it his middle name is Anderson. Ooh. And that's my wife's uh, maiden name. Uh-huh. So that his, his middle name is kind of a family connection. So solid too. And Wes Anderson, right? Wes Anderson. The, Wesley Anderson. Is yeah. that a director? Yeah, right. I don't know what I don't <laughs> know his movies. I just know he's like a popular one. Uh, I will say, just uh, I was always in the firm boat. I wanted a Bernsey Junior. Something about that nickname really rolled off the tongue. But uh, I like the name Wesley too, so I can't complain. Yeah, Wesley, very I, solid. I did. I we we talked about it a little bit. I just you know it's one of those things like you know. We, a name all of a sudden hits when you when you when you throw out a name right. and you like it, it just sticks. And and the junior, it just it never, I don't know, never rolled off the tongue, so it just didn't happen. Yeah, it was. It was just I just wanted to be able to reference the nickname Burnsy Junior. <laughs> well, you still can. <laughs> yeah, I still. Yeah, I still could. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's unofficial. All right. Well, Matt, definitely from us, all our listeners, best of luck. We can't wait to hear about the new arrival coming up Thursday at the oh. latest, right? Yep, Thursday's the day. So, yeah, thank you. I'll definitely be keeping you guys posted. All right, appreciate it. All right, let's call it a pod. Everybody out there listening, follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you're listening. 
They include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Home, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Don't forget, tune in live on Z92.5 Friday, January 7th, as the new Lothar Hornets travel to Elsie to take on the Ovid Elsie Marauders. And until next time, for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's hope 2022 is better. And go blue. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.